Before we start today's show, we wanted to ask for your help. We're doing a survey about podcast listening habits, including some questions about the adverts you hear. If you can help, you'll have a chance to win one of five £50 vouchers to spend on Amazon. To complete the survey, head to audioboom.com forward slash survey. Right, let's get into it. Hi, I'm Felipe Massa, and you are listening to Beyond the Grid. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Beyond the Grid, presented by Bose QuietComfort 35.2 wireless headphones. My guest this week is someone who's experienced every emotion under the motorsport sun. He's won races for Ferrari, He's lost a world title at the final race of the year and he's suffered life-threatening injuries following a crash. He's even retired twice. I'm talking, of course, about Felipe Massa. Felipe had one hell of an F1 career, winning 11 races for Ferrari. But two moments in particular have defined his legacy. The first was when he lost the 2008 world title on the last lap of the last race of the season to Lewis Hamilton. The second was his accident in Hungary 2009, from which he was lucky to escape with his life after being hit on the head by a spring. He talks openly and honestly about both of these moments and so much more. He even came out with a couple of bombshells, which I really wasn't expecting. Felipe was kind enough to invite me into his beautiful home in Monaco. I hope you enjoy our chat. Felipe, welcome to Be On The Grid. Brilliant to have you on the show. And also thank you for your hospitality. It's lovely to be here in your apartment in Monaco, although we're only just in Monaco, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, no, thank you very much. So it's a pleasure actually to have you here in, in my apartment here in Monaco, especially after so long uh, together, you know, in, in Formula One. So it's a, it's a pleasure for me to, to have you here. Well, it's lovely to be here. And just from your balcony, we can see the the harbour at Cap Dai, can't we? And which leads me to ask you this first question. So you've retired from Formula One. You weren't tempted to go back to Brazil and, and base yourself over there? Well, for sure. I love Brazil. That That's my country. And uh, always when I have time, I go to spend a little bit of time there with the family, with the friends, with my place, you know. But no, I, I think I was happy to, to stay here in Monaco because uh, my son is uh, nine years old. I think when I stopped Formula One, he was like seven. And uh, so he speaks four languages. I think that, you know, for him, it was also the best also to, to stay here, you know, to use this opportunity, you know, to, to learn language. You know, I think, I think he's traveling a lot. You know, he, he knows, I think in his class, he, was, he, he has like maybe no one uh, was, uh, is from the same country. I think that's really important, you know. So can imagine, I mean, the experience, I mean, how you grow, how you understand things from, from different, you know, mentalities, nationalities of people as well in the school. And I think that was our decision. Plus, I was not planned like to stop completely my career as well. So I was looking maybe to, to keep racing, which is what I'm doing anyway. Before I was not 100% sure which championship I was going to choose. And... Uh, I'm so happy that I chose the right one. I'm really enjoying Formula E, having a lot of fun, but also racing, do what I love to do. And uh, I think Formula E, it is also, I mean, most of the team, every team is like in Europe. So I think it's, you need to stay here as well. So for the moment, I'm staying here and we see what's going to happen maybe 
in two, five, ten years, then uh, I don't know. But for the moment, I'm quite happy here in Monaco. We'll talk about Formula One in a second. Yeah. But just how do Filipinos, how does his childhood compare to your one in Sao Paulo? I think he... How many languages? Uh, yes, do you speak? Sure. <laughs> family language. I mean, definitely on the on the language point of view, also in the understanding, you know, about so many different things in, around the world. I think he he he's much more grown, you know, compared to what I was on his age. But I definitely, I mean, I had a fantastic also uh, childhood uh, f- feelings. I mean, I was living actually in the town that is two hours from São Paulo in the countryside, so I had a lot of space. I was quite happy in this in this area but I arrived in Formula One I didn't know how to speak English you know I have to learn everything maybe my English is still not very good anyway but anyway it's like it's it better and better actually. you know it's like uh, it's like I mean uh, it's different you know for so if you if you see also and if you look like uh, Nico Rosberg I mean he also grew uh, here in, in Monaco I mean it's a lot easier in terms of language you know in terms of uh, so many other things you know for me, I have to learn everything like in working, you know, and uh, when I was, I came in Europe, I was 18. All, all, of the, all of the language and understanding about other countries, I didn't have it. Now, as I look around your place here, there's, there's a lot of Ferrari on the wall. Um, those eight magical years. I want to ask you, first of all, about that first victory. Turkey 2006. Well, in fact, what was it about Turkey? You were brilliant in Turkey, weren't you? <laughs> Istanbul, three victories. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know why, uh, but I love the track and I was always, you know, driving pretty well. I think, you know, sometimes, you know, you have like a type of track that is more into your driver style and it works pretty natural, easy. And uh, maybe Turkey was definitely one of these tracks for me. And uh, my, my first victory was 2006. It was a fantastic feeling. I remember so well, uh, even uh, now. <laughs> so I think the first victory you never forget, especially fighting against Michael Schumacher, which was my teammate, Fernando Alonso. Uh, it was definitely a, a great feeling. I mean, you always when you see that on the top of the podium, is is like a dream come true, you know. So it's it's a little bit difficult to compare because then my second victory was like the best ever because you know it was in São Paulo, Interlagos, and uh, place that I grew up, place that I was racing, place that I always dreamed to be racing there in Formula One, and then you suddenly there winning in front of your people. So then is a is a little bit difficult to compare. But first victory is always a very special feeling. If Istanbul was a place that allowed you to express yourself naturally in the car, what about you and Ferrari? Was it why was it such a natural fit for you and that team? Oh, so, so, uh, so in the, the beginning it was pretty, yes, I, I, I agree. I mean, I think 2006 was a great year, not on the first, maybe six, seven race, but then after I would say we were really competitive, me and Michael, you know, in the second part of the season. So we did a great job together. Also 2007, 2008, even 2009, we didn't have a good car where the car was, was not competitive to fight for victories or, or podium, you know, most of the races. Uh, but I was doing, uh, I mean, a pretty good job as well until my, I have my accident, you know. So, but then, I mean, I would say we had some difficult years. You have some years that uh, the car was not competitive. So the pressure in the Ferrari team, uh, as you you know pretty well, uh, is always, if you win, you have a lot of pressure. If you if you not win and you're not competitive, you have even more that every day, you know, some new things coming up. So you, I have also, some, I had also some uh, difficult times as well. 
you mentioned it. Start of 2006 wasn't so easy. They then rejigged your Ross Braun rejigged your technical team, yeah. and, and and the sort of Rob Smedley comes in. Yeah. Why did he have such an immediate impact on you and and the way you performed? Maybe he he understood me a little bit better, you know, than than the the other engineer, uh, which was pretty good, Gabriele Delicoli. But I think maybe he had together with a, a different driver. Rubens is an amazing driver, you know. But I mean, the way he was working maybe was a little bit different than than the way I was working. And then I think Rob was very was a lot more organized and and he was a lot more able to help me as a as a very young driver as well. You know that I really need you know some organization, especially I'm Brazilian. You know. And I think that was, it worked pretty well. And I was also working with, with, with Rob on some testing and I think it went pretty well. So then we took the decision to change, you know, the, the, the engineer also Ross uh, helped me on that. And, uh, and I think since my first race with Rob, I had my first podium, you know, which was, uh, Nürburgring 2006. And, uh, I would say we, after that, we, we, we improve a lot, you know, together in the quick way. So. You know, sometimes the the relationship, the way you're working, uh, you know. Well, he interpreted what you were saying about the car better than previous engineers. I think so. But also I think he understands a, a little bit, a, a bit more about my, my driver's style, you know, uh, how you need to set up the car, how you need to speak with me and work with me in the, in the, in, in the different way. So I need a lot of help, you know, especially it was my first year with a big team. So I need a lot of help, like maybe even what uh, Charles is having now, or maybe when Verstappen started. So, you know, uh, even if I had already three years in Formula One, so when you get to the to the, you know, team like Ferrari, you you need to to be ready for everything, you know. So I was always very quick, even in the winter test, I was really really quick. But something was missing, you know, and I think maybe Rob was able to put this together pretty quick. He came out with some great lines, didn't didn't he? Was was it Felipe Baby? Keep cool. Oh, sorry. <laughs> was that one of them? I think. In yeah, it's like uh, okay, Felipe Baby, calm down, calm yeah. down, because I was asking for like a white visor because it was rainy and we had the red flag, so I had to change my visor. And then he, I was like screaming in the radio that I need the visor. It was something <laughs> related to that. And it gave all us, it gave all of us uh, a bit of a laugh. Now but he's a uh, funny guy as well, you know. So definitely, Rob is a. Uh, had some uh, nice word that uh, is quite famous all around the world, you know, like uh, Fernando is faster than you. <laughs> we'll come on to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, Felipe, your career is kind of defined by several key events, most notably Brazil 2008, the race in which you had the world championship for, you know, uh, half a minute or so. Um, I'm sorry to sort of bring back it must be a sore topic. Is it still a sore topic now, no. 11 years on? For sure not, because I did the best I could. You know, like it was uh, one of uh, one of the best uh, weekends I did. You know, a uh, pole position, I won the race, uh, in the dry, in the rain, quickest lap. I mean, uh, the weekend was mine, you know? It certainly <laughs> in, was. At the end, you know? But, I mean, it didn't depend uh, just from my race, you know? It depends for, for the position that Lewis was going to finish. For sure, I mean, I, sometimes I ask myself, I mean, why? You know, because it would have been, can you imagine, I mean, win the championship at home. It would have been like one of the most incredible feelings, you know, especially after everything that it happens to Ayrton, you know. You know, the Br Brazilian people, they, they really need that. 
type of feeling, that type of uh, uh, happiness, you know. Uh, uh, I think the sport gives a lot also, you know. And uh, so sometimes I I ask, you know, uh, but for a reason it happens like that. I mean, uh, I'm... What were your expectations coming into that weekend? I think everything, I was really confident, you know, that uh, I, I could have you know, be very strong there. So I actually, I mean, if, if you're also going back to the years before 2006, I won. I started on pole. 2007, I started on pole. I didn't win because I gave the victory, the victory to, to Kimi, but I mean, he was also, everything was pretty much on my hands. And 2008, I arrived there. I said, why? He cannot be the same. He can be the same, you know? Uh, so I, this is the track I know more than anybody here, you know? Not maybe counting Rubens, but <laughs> uh, this is the is the um, is my place. So I have all the energy, you know, all the the fans on my side. So I'm totally in the in the condition to win. I mean, uh, just you know, do your job, do the best as you can, and uh, and we can do it. Then I mean, I was having mind. I mean, we need to see what uh, where Lewis was, is going to finish because. He had a great car to finish easy on the top four, you know. So this was always a bit pain feeling, you know. But thing was just perfect, you know. I just did everything in the perfect way. I mean, they were really relaxed. I had a, I really feel confident. I really feel strong, you know. The team was feeling the same. So the the job was pretty much fantastic the whole weekend. What we did in the car and everything. So it was just like a set to win, you know. And and we did it. You so, did. And and I think that was. What it just helped me to understand what's hap- what's what's happened at the end with the result because it happens like that. I mean, uh, it is, you don't have the answer, you know. But I did my best, and I think that that that's the best, you know, that you can really mm. be relaxed at the end, you know. How was the relationship with Lewis coming into that weekend? Was there a lot of tension between you? No, definitely not. Just with the, you know, the tension because of the championship. It was a tension. What... Yo, yes, but I think, you know, I, I was also quite strong in that way because uh, uh, Lewis was feeling maybe more pressure than me. Well, not for his age. I mean, he was really young. But, I mean, he gave away the championship in 2007, you know. So he went straight in the, in the race in, the, in the China, remember, going, going to, the garage, to, to the pit stop. I mean, for, for me, that was like uh, the worst. The way he started his, his, uh, his last race in Interlagos in 2007, fighting with Alonso. For me, that was like, uh, he gave away, you know? So, and I was like trying to put, you know, some pressure in this way that he had a lot of pressure for what's happened the year before, you know? So, did you try and remind everybody that he'd had a bit of a... No, I, I mean, it's not the way I am, you know? So I'm I trying to think, because you yeah. were in the press conference before yeah. the, at the yeah. start of the weekend, weren't you? I can't remember exactly what you said, but you were both there looking nervous, both of you, I felt. Yeah. There was definitely... It was a big event, wasn't yeah. it? It was a big occasion. Yeah, for sure. It was a big occasion, but maybe I had, a, maybe, no, I had more experience than him. Not as a, you know, for sure, if I, you need to fight with Lewis now and, and he, he has a five titles in the pocket, I mean, he has a lot more relaxed to any occasion, you know, but I mean, he didn't have any title, you know, and uh, me, me neither. Uh, but I think I was trying to, Think I'm. Um, I think he's. He can feel the pressure, you know, because what's happened last year. So maybe he was not ready, you know, for the 
for the fight, you know, like in the last race. And uh, maybe he, and I think he was not 100% ready because if you see his race, it was not an amazing race. I mean, he, he suffered a lot on his race, you know, with the, the way he was driving in the rain, the way he was using the time. I mean, he, he was not really Lewis that you see now, you know. Mm, absolutely. But but you made um, a lot of fans after that race. The way you handled yourself in the immediate aftermath, you know, the whole of Brazil was so frustrated for you, yet you came out and were just so magnanimous in defeat. I remember the press room, I think, gave you a standing ovation as well. Um, you said some powerful things. Um, how hard was it for you on the podium and directly afterwards? I think it was hard, definitely. I mean, it was quite hard because, I mean, I was thinking, I mean, why? I mean, the race was just amazing. I mean, he was he was the position behind and to the last corner. And then uh, for sure, I didn't see what's happened also. I mean, uh, to think about, you know, I know it would, the rain starts to increase. I mean, it, just, it, was, it was clear, you know, that was the, the biggest case at the end, you know. But I won't, I, I, as I said before, you know, I, I did an amazing job, so... It was not depending only from myself. So I didn't make any mistake. So if you make a mistake, then for sure you, you will feel even more, you know? So I didn't make any mistake. So I was myself. I mean, I tried to, to give the answer or, or to, I tried to speak in the way I was, my heart was telling me to do, you know? What did Smedley say to you as you crossed the line? Did he say anything like you were world champion? Because at that moment no. you were. No, he didn't because I think he was very calm the whole race. You know, uh, Rob was really, really calm. So he gave me the perfect instruction all the time. And he was, I think he was really, he did a great job because he was able to keep me very calm. You know, he never said uh, the championship is, come on, the championship is going to be. He was always saying like, man, the race is long, it's raining, the weather is coming bad. You know, he was always putting me in the in the, in the condition to like, driving the perfect way every lap, you know, because uh, everything was happening, you know, in that race since the beginning, you know, uh, I think it was also the start was delayed for the rain. And and uh, so I think, and even in the last lap, he said, Lewis is uh, sixth, but the rain is coming down. So many cars is close to, uh, he's close to to some some other cars in the front. So don't, concentrate on the last lap. I mean, you know, even in the last lap, he was like giving me, giving me the right direction, you know? You were both incredibly calm. Yeah. But when the TV cameras had gone away and the adrenaline had stopped, did you have a moment where, I don't know, you cry, cried your yeah, eyes out? Yeah, sure. Rob, we Rob cried, told we, me we, that We he, cried together. Yeah, he told and we cried the big time, actually, you know? To be honest, I mean, uh, maybe I never say that, I think. But in 2007... When I, I mean, I, just because it's Brazil, you know, whatever other 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 race, it will ne- this will never happen, you know. But in, just because it's Brazil, so I was end of the race. We finished the race. Kimi was world championship, so that I would do that even if the team doesn't ask me or whatever, you know, to do because I think that's the professional way to do, you know. So, but then when I finished the race, I was in the room, and then Rob arrived inside uh, with my wife as well there. When I, when I, uh, he come to hug me, I start to cry anyway a lot, even start on side because I, giving away the victory at home is something that, you know, is really bad, but not because I, I didn't want it, you know, I wanted to help and I would do, I think that 
is is the right thing to do anyway. But I think, and I think 2008 happens the same, you know, but for a different reason, you know. <laughs> what did Lewis say to you after the race? To be honest, uh, I just say congratulations, you know, uh, to him, but uh, he, he didn't say so much, to be honest, you know. So I, I, I didn't even really saw him, uh, you know, it was just, uh, it was a quick one. It was not really a proper, like, uh, sitting down. So not not so much, to be honest. It's a funny thing, isn't it? Because it seems that uh, you and Lewis, your careers crossed in so many ways. And I, I, I fast forward now to 2011. Yeah. And there was a period of that season where you and him kept kept tangling and yeah, crashing into that, each other. What was that all about? Th- that was the only year that, I mean, we really get, uh, you know. But I mean, to be honest, uh, I remember more like Lewis, uh, you know, pushing uh, pushing me out a lot. I mean, for it, it happens, you know, just uh, I don't think he was doing just because it was me. Huh? But I, I, I think it was just uh, a year that maybe he, has, he, he was not really... Uh, calm, uh, whatever, that uh, we just got along with touching, you know, in so many races. And uh, even in Singapore, I think was the worst that, and I even came to him to, to really pick in the, in the <laughs> you know, in the aggressive way uh, at the end of the race. So, but I think it just happened on that, on that year. So even the year we were fighting in 2008, nothing really happens, you know, uh, like in the relationship or nothing really. Final question on 2008 is, did you ever stop and think what might have been, for example, Singapore, when you had that, the, the pit stop went wrong and all the the points that you lost, did you ever stop to dwell yeah. on what, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Singapore, I think it was one of the, the worst race. It was another one, but this, you cannot do anything. It was a sport, you know, I, it was a Hungary. Hungary 2008, I mean, with the victory in the pocket, totally amazing race that I did. I did, I mean, the first, I don't know, maybe 25 laps, I was fighting with Lewis, like opening one ten, two tens per lap. Mm-hmm. And then I remember it was like two and a half, I was three and a half seconds in front of him. And then he has a tire puncher. He had a tire puncher. So second was Kovalainen, like, uh, I don't know, maybe 15 seconds behind. It was like really, really away, you know, reduced completely the, 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 the revs. You know, putting the lowest revs of the engine, doing the the race in the easy way, just to finish in the normal way. You know, uh, Kovalainen was catching me like a uh, half second per lap, three tenths, uh, six tenths per lap. He arrived, he was close to me, but I mean, not really a problem. And then the engine broke down, three laps to go. It was just, uh, you know, how, why? And then for me, that race was really, really bad as well. Really tough, you know, to accept, you know, uh, but this is a sport. These things can happen, you know, and, uh, but Singapore, no, Singapore is really something that even today I feel so frustrated that, I mean, these things happens. And, uh, and I remember so well when we finished the race, I arrived in the garage, I was speaking, even the mechanic came to me, the Hugo, that uh, he was the one that he uh, pressed the green, uh, on the wrong time. And uh, he was crying like, as uh, asking me sorry, so couldn't stop crying. I remember so well. And then, okay, then I was in the in the paddock there and Jean Todd, I was talking to him. He was, he, he asked to speak to me and we were there. It was him and Stefano Domenicali together. And he said, what's happened today was by purpose. And then I was like, I was shocked. I said, no, impossible. To be honest, I'm sorry, but I mean, 
I cannot uh, agree with you. I mean, it's impossible that the guy crashed by purpose like that. For which reason? He said, I am sure. I am sure. This, this was by purpose. I said, no, no, no. It can't be like that. And then uh, <laughs> one year after, we, everything came out that it was really by purpose, you know. So for me, How and when I knew so that... Their first reaction, so just to fill in people who aren't aware, Nelson Piquet Jr. crashes into the wall and it comes out, of course, a year later that it was yeah. deliberate. Alonso gets the victory and they knew immediately. They know. Only Jean Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Not they, yeah? yeah? Because even Stefano was like surprised like me. So only Jean Todd said, for me, it was by purpose. Did he explain? Well, I mean, that's extraordinary that his first yeah. reaction was that, wasn't it? Wow. And then one year after he came, he came down, you know. This, Did he remind you of that conversation? I, I, I couldn't believe it. I said, no, how? I couldn't believe it. Now, look, talking of other things that we can't believe, you actually touched on it earlier, but um, Fernando is faster than you. It's another of these defining moments that I want to talk through. Now, folks at home, Hockenheim 2010, our man here, Leading the Grand Prix, he's got Fernando Alonso behind him. Rob Smedley comes onto the radio. Just talk us through the build-up to that radio message. Yeah, I mean... Had team orders been discussed prior to the race? No, not, to be honest, not. No, no, not so much. But it was already, I was already, it was clear that these things could, could happen, you know, because Fernando, I mean, definitely he's one of the best drivers in the world the way he drives, the way, you know, to beat him, you need to be in your day. He has everything, you know, in the perfect way. But the way he is, the way he, the way he works, is always, is, you have no idea how much power he has. And he likes that. I mean, he likes really to show his power. He likes to put... Power within the team. Power within the team, yeah. He's able to put everybody on his pocket, you know. Uh, everybody, I'm saying even the Montezemolo, even the, the, everybody, you know, and he likes, I mean, this mentality, you know, like, and the only problem is that he's able also to split the team, you know, because of that, not in Bahrain, because Bahrain, I start in front of him and he finished in the front because I had a problem with the fuel also, but he did a good start. He overtook me in the first corner. Uh, but then in the race in Australia, which was in the rain, and then in the last four laps, I think, no. 10 laps of the race, he was catching me, you know, and the team asked me to let him by, and I didn't. So, and I finished in the pole in front of him uh, because I didn't. I mean, I, I, I was not really, I, I couldn't give the position like in the sec, I don't remember if Australia was the second or the third race. Uh, of I the think season. it was the third the race. Third race yeah. yeah. And I, I, I couldn't accept like third race of the race, third race of the championship, you need to give, to give by the position. He, he was not, you know, can I ask you, so was there anything in your contract? No. That's, no. So why did they even ask? Because in the contract, you, you don't have, you is never saying that you are the second driver. Never, you know, but you have some clause in the contract that says you need to respect the, like the, 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 wishes, the, team, of the, team. the wishes of the team, you know, in the professional mm -hmm. way, but doesn't mean you need to respect, you need to let your, 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 your teammate buy, but this is also part you need to respect what the team wants at the end, you know? But I think maybe even Alonso had that on his contract, you know? Even uh, Schumacher had that on the contract, you know? But... So when you didn't let him through in Australia, what was said after the race? Nothing. The reaction was not like... Um, 
few people because not everybody. I mean, a few people was a little bit down, like not down, but you see that, uh, okay. You know, it was like, okay, we let it go, you know? So, but I, if, if I have that already in the third race, I knew uh, every race it, it can happen, you know, every race could, this type of things could have happened, you know? And then we were the race, like, uh, I don't remember which, which race was, uh, Hockenheim, but it was like just before the break, you know? Uh, yeah. And then, uh, it happens that, which for me, it was pretty tough, you know, to accept as well, because I mean, I have totally the condition to win the race, you know, uh, we were fighting, but he was not faster than me. Uh, he, on maybe that moment, uh, one ten, couple of tens, but he was not like, uh, clearly faster, you know, we were just going and, and then unfortunately these these things happens, you know, and it was really, uh, one of the worst day of my life. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, Fernando is faster than you. It's quite an ambiguous term. It's not completely clear, is it? What's the what's the meaning of that message immediately clear to you? Well, that message was already discussed before. Like if you have like a race that maybe for whatever reason the, your strategy is different than the other car or maybe uh, you're, you're really struggling with the pace, so then we cannot say let him by. So the message is that... Uh, the other guy is faster, like if I am quicker, Felipe is faster than you. If I am slower, Fernando is faster than you. That, that we had that message, uh, the message, you know, before. But I mean, it was nothing like this because at this race will happen like that. Also because Fernando was starting in front of me. Always when he started in front of me, it was so easy, you know, it was not, it was not so, much, so much worry before the start of the race. But every race I was starting in front of him, it was a, a lot of uh, worry. People, w w you know, speaking, be careful in the first corner. Like, uh, it was a lot of, um, you know, some... some it's this mind game. Yeah, isn't it? some mind game. Yeah, I yeah. think you, yeah. Which I think is, you know, it's, it's quite tricky because, you know, I mean, the guy is an amazing driver anyway. I mean, I'm not saying anything, you know, bad about, I mean, he has, he's one of the best driver, you know, that to beat him, you need to be in your day. But I, I was in my day many days, you know, and, uh, but... I think because of everything that is happening, you know, in the team, some people from the team putting that in your mind, it didn't really work so well, you know. So how did Hockenheim 2010 and everything that happened, because you did let him through, yeah. how did that affect your relationship with the team? I think it didn't affect because uh, I was always respect the team in the perfect way, even uh, Stefano, even the, uh, not so much Stefano, but you have so many other people that he was working for the team that he was more like coming to me to really passing like messages, you know, before the race. So this, these people was a lot bad, you know, the way I was uh, treating, not, not the uh, relation, uh, the, um, the working, you know, day by day, but I mean, the relationship was not good at all. You know, I think the, that day was so bad because it was like one year after my accident, you know, the same day. You know, and, and I think maybe that was also uh, pretty, you know, when I, when I was thinking about it, I was pretty, you know, disappointed, you know. But anyway, I mean, uh, I think the, the feeling was not great, but I managed to, to go forward after. But I think it, it took some time, you know, for me just to, to set my mind the right way, definitely. Now, you mentioned your accident. Yeah. Um, another of these defining moments in the career of, of Felipe Massa. Um, what do you remember from that 
awful day in at the Hungara ring in 2000. Literally, I mean, fr- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, race day. Nothing. Race day. Well, I remember the on the race day. I remember that. I mean, no race day, no, because it was in the qualifying. Yeah, of course it so was. It sorry, was in the sorry, of course it was qualified. So I remember in the. The only thing I remember is that R- Rubens uh, disturbed me in the last sector, and he was like uh, doing his uh, out lap, and I I was doing my time lap. So I catch him in the last sector, uh, and I lost time behind him. So I remember that I was disappointed because I lost time behind him, and I was not sure I was going to go to to Q3, you know, so. I managed to go by like I was maybe nines or tens, something like that. So, but I, I remember he disturbed me and he was opening his lap. But then when, when he, I was like on my in lap when this, the accident happens, you know? So I was not like pushing, I was on my in lap and he, I finished really very close to Rubens and then uh, he was going to do his, his lap and then he had the, the, the failure in his car that he lost his uh, uh, like third dumper. But then I don't remember. I don't know. Uh, I think I was, I don't know, maybe four seconds behind him or something like that, five. And then the, the emperor was just uh, in the floor, but maybe he hit something and he came back, you know, to the, to the other side, you know, to, to my side when I was passing. And uh, But I don't remember. I don't remember anything. Do, do you remember? I mean, you say you don't remember it, but d- did you... Could you see it? Did you see it? I don't remember. No, you I don't just know. don't remember. Even I don't remember anything. Like, I don't remember. I, for sure I didn't see because I mean, otherwise you maybe I will try to to to, to turn. You know, you, you can even see on the steering wheel if I try to turn or something. No, I didn't. Mm. So I don't think I I saw the the spring coming. You know, but then I don't remember anything. I remember not even when I the first days that I was already not in coma anymore. I was you know awake. I remember maybe the last days I was in the hospital in in Hungary. What about your recuperation from the accident? What can you just talk us through how hard it was? Maybe some of the things you had to do just to get yourself better? It was just a waiting. It was just like I need to relax, I need to like stay home, I need to really to because I did another operation after, you know. So first of all, all of the, this bone that I have here in this area here, I it was completely broke. So then the operation they did in Hungary was to remove everything all the bones, not to go inside the brain. So they removed everything and they closed. That was the operation they did in, in, in Hungary. But they did a great job. So everything was was in the right way. The doctor was was great. and uh, But then they didn't know how was going to be my my view. You know, I could, like millimeters, I could lose my, my view on the left uh, side. I, some other millimeters I could lose uh, I could become, you know, uh, you know, had like big, big problems in terms of my, my brain or whatever, which it didn't happen to anything. Anyway, I have very, a lot of possibilities to be, you know, in the bad, in the bad way. Uh, but everything works perfectly. So I move. I went, I went to Brazil and, uh, we, we wanted to go to Brazil because Brazil, like in the public hospital, we have so many problems, but in the private one, you have like amazing uh, doctors, so it's an um, amazing hospital. So in this area, we were sure that maybe it was the right place to, to go to do the, the operation. And then I have to do operation to put like a, like a plate, you know, here. That is, is titanium. It's uh, acrylic right. with the ti- titanium just when you, while you fix, you know. Mm-hmm. 
So then I did that in Brazil, which was not an easy one. But then after I have to stay also a long, long time like uh, to recuperate, but I didn't have to do anything. Like it was just waiting, you know? So it was a bit hard because, uh, you know, uh, I could even start racing before I did, but I, the, the doctors didn't allow me just because if you, if I have another accident and if something's hit mm. my, my head would have been, could have been some, some issues, you know? Did you have any headaches or? No, how? no, no. So it really was just, just waiting, waiting. Yeah. And how is the, the left eye eyesight? It's okay. Yeah. So no lasting? No, no, it's fine. Now, did you ever doubt during the recuperation that you would drive again or yeah, that you'd I mean, be able always, to do it? Or You always have doubt, you know, yeah. uh, because uh, everybody's like, you had a huge accident. Uh, also my family, they were, even my wife, she said, I don't know. Uh, how it's going to be, but you need to be relaxed. You need to think about, you know, your life. You always like, come on, I want to race, you know? So it's what you do. It's what I I do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, but I mean, you always have a little doubt. I mean, everything will be okay. You know, when I drive the car, but then when I drove the car the first time I I knew, I mean, it was okay. I mean, all the feelings that I have when I'm driving and the, how long did it take for that reassurance to come back? How many laps? How many? Where were you? Were you, were you at Fiorano? I was in, I was in Fiorano, yeah. I was in, in Fiorano. In the 2009 car? Yes. No, no, no. Uh, I think you couldn't drive, you know? You know, it was, it, was a, it was the old cars. So maybe you couldn't drive the, the, the car from the championship. So I think it was the, the car I drove, it was the 2007. The 2007 car I was driving. In so the, an old friend. Yeah. And, and just, what, immediately it came back? or? Yes, I think so. Everything was pretty normal, so... For sure, I was not 100% fit because, I mean, I couldn't train so hard like I I was doing before, but everything was normal, yeah. No problem at all. And do you think you were as quick after the accident as you were before? I think so, for sure. I mean, many people say that you never won again after. I mean, you know, <laughs> if, if something's changed or not, I cannot say what I feel in the car, you know, you know, everything that I'm doing, I cannot say that uh, something's happened. For sure, I never won again. Maybe for so many things that it happens, the car I had, but it's not true that I was low, you know. Well, we've already established <laughs> yeah. you, you, you could have won Hockenheim in 2010. Yeah. We, know, <laughs> we know that, don't we? It, look, you've driven uh, alongside some amazing drivers. I, you've, we talked about Alonso, but... Other world champions, Jack Villeneuve, Michael Schumacher, obviously, Kimi Raikkonen. Um, what made each of them special? Can we just talk through? I mean, you've touched on Alonso already, saying what a brilliant driver yeah. he was. He was great at making the, being the central, the focal point of the yeah. team. Um, similarities between him and Schumacher? Yeah, I think the way but uh, wanted to have everything for them, you know, like this, uh, this way of like working with the, uh, you know, like here is my place, you know, here nobody can, can do better than me. Or, you know, they have this mentality. I think maybe it was not so different. The only difference is that uh, I was more, much more close to Michael and Michael was passing, you know, uh, things to me that maybe he was not, not passing to any other teammates that he had before me, you know. So the relationship was different, you know. Uh, and I was always looking Michael as a master. You are my master, man. Don't really... For sure, when I was finished in front of him, he was not enjoying so much, you know. But uh, I think the relationship was a bit better, you know, with with Michael, that he helps me just to, you know, have that 
relationship that uh, fighting inside the team in a better way. But with Fernando, no, I mean, Fernando was just uh, like, he was so nice, you know, it was never a problem outside of the car. We always work well, to, fine. I mean, he's a nice guy, you know, you will have fun. But I mean, he has this way of working that uh, he was just uh, putting all, everything from for his side, you know. And Why do you think Alonso only won two championships to Schumacher seven? I think because of his decisions. Just bad decisions. Yes. Doesn't mean he was, is, you know, sometimes a decision is coming uh, bad, you know, not because uh, you take the wrong decision. You don't know at the beginning, you know, what's going to happen as well. But, I mean, normally he always took the wrong decision, like not the correct decision, thinking about, you know, winning more more championships. Doesn't mean, I mean, I'm not saying that he he, he did that because uh, uh, he doesn't know the decision to go, you know. But I think also this way a little bit, for example, I mean, I, I, the only thing that I would not, I would not do uh, if I am Fernando Alonso, I mean, I think the, the worst decision, in my opinion, he took it, he was leaving McLaren because, I mean, he had an incredible team to fight for, to win championships, but he couldn't accept the way that Lewis won, you know, as, a, as his teammate. And the second decision he took it, which for me was not correct, is that leaving Ferrari, you know. So if you cannot go to maybe Red Bull on that moment, then you stay on the best team that you can, which was Ferrari on that moment, you know. But then he just took his decision to, to change, you know. It's almost like he's too impatient, isn't yeah. it? He wanted everything Yeah. right now. Now, look, two other world champions. We mentioned Jacques Villeneuve. Um I don't remember him causing you too many problems no. when you were together. Um, were you surprised by his pace or, or lack of, in a way? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, you need to say also that, I mean, he won the championship, so he was a very competitive driver. I was not racing with him on that moment. You know, I, I was racing with him when he's, he came back and he was not racing and then he just uh, came back to Formula 1. So... Maybe it was not the best uh, uh, Villeneuve, you know, that, uh, he, you know, mm. he happens, you know. So, but definitely, I mean, he didn't have the 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 right, the top pace. Mm-hmm. This, this was clear. And Kimi, different. <laughs> He's different, Kimi. Is Kimi. <laughs> you know, Kimi was uh, definitely a very quick dr- driver. Uh, doesn't work so hard with the team. You know, that's really... Uh, uh, but I mean, what, do you mean from a tech? Because lots of people say that about Kimmy, but no one really explains what what they mean by that. It, well, he just doesn't invest enough time he working invest, on the car. Man, he time he he invests because sometimes the team out. Oh, you need to come here for the similar. He he was going, but doesn't mean he was like doing the the the, the proper job, you know. But I mean, he was definitely a very talented driver, a uh, very smooth driver. I mean, he was always a very good driver to save the tires in the right way. So. Uh, he was quite a good driver on this in, on this point, you know. But Kimi, for sure, was definitely a driver that I, I, I yeah, able to 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 be in front and to beat. Definitely, I mean, because if you see 2007, I was in front of him and to Monza. Monza, I started in front. I was third. Even I could have finished second, and he was not in the great pace. And then I had a fa- and and also in that year which is, you know, maybe people doesn't know, but in that year, the talk that we have in the team, it was that after Spa, who is in front 
he will, he will be the number one driver. So on that year. So in Monza, it was two races before. So I was like in front with maybe six points in front of him. I was going to finish in front of him with maybe uh, eight or 10 points in front of him. So we're going to Spa, Spa, for sure he won. And I was uh, uh, second or third, maybe second, I think, second. I think it was second, yeah. I don't remember now. Kimi was always good at Spa. Though, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Spa was definitely his track, definitely. Mm -hmm. And then I had a failure, you know, in the suspension of the car, I have to stop. And then Kimi, Finished third, so he did, uh, I think it was like equal maybe in the championship. So he did third was six points or was uh, five. I can't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't anyway, matter. Well, doesn't like, matter. Uh, maybe equal or maybe one or two points difference, you yeah. know? Yeah, but so, you had the key But if point. I arrive in Spa with like 10 points more than him, which would have been the mm. the, the case anyway. So the then the championship, uh, he was going to, yeah. he, was not, he was not going to win that race. I was going to win because I finished second, you know? So then, I mean, Brazil was going to win. So, you know, so I, I was totally in the fight of the championship, you know, but I was unlucky. Yeah. And then 2008, I did a really a great championship. And 2009, before my accident, I was in front of him in the championship as well. So anyway. Which year was your best year, do you think? I think it was um, 2007 and 2008. But years. I mean, 2007 is nobody really knows exactly, you know, what's happened. Well, you've just explained beautifully. I just explained, no, you know? I, I wasn't aware of that. Nobody knows this that, type of thing. You know? That type of thing. Um, now, both you and Kimmy started your careers at Sauber. Um, great school, Sauber. Yeah. Um, both of you very young as well, with the sort of avuncular Peter Sauber looking over you both. Um, what did you learn from Sauber? How important were those years? I think it was very important. I mean, Sauber was you know, he on, especially on that moment, he was investing like in young drivers. So I think he didn't want to spend money also a lot of money with the drivers, you know? So I think the decision he took to, to get Kimi was a perfect decision because Kimi helped him not even, I mean, he was, he arrived in the best year of Sauber. It was the best season for Sauber, you know, they finished fourth in the championship. Kimi showed his talent. He was young and then he sold Kimi to McLaren. So the money that uh, uh, he got, he just invested in the wing tunnel. So Kimi was a very important uh, driver for Sauber. I think this direction for Kimi helps me to be uh, with Sauber. I mean, to I think I, I, now I'm risking another young guy that uh, is a guy that was winning everything. I won all the championships I did in, the, in, in Europe. I won it, you know, in two years. So then, I mean, it was many, many teams uh, trying to get me as a as a young driver, you know. So then uh, he gave me the opportunity, you know, to race there. Unfortunately, I didn't have the same car as Kimi, so my car was less competitive than Kimi. Doesn't mean I was not doing a, uh, I was doing a bad job. I think I did a, a, I was doing a good championship. So I finished two race six, one race fifth, many race sevens, which was no points on that time. Yeah. Now, I mean, it would have been people yeah. was going to to be speaking in a good way, you know? Oh, he's finished in the yeah, points in yeah. all those races. Yeah. So for sure, I had a lot of mistakes and Peter Sauer couldn't accept that uh, to see his cars broken or... Do you know, he couldn't. You know? Do you remember Indy that year? He stood you down. Yeah. And because in Monza... A grid penalty or something. Because in Monza, I... I made a mistake and then I had a grip, grip penalty for, for Indy and then he, I didn't race. 
Indy because, that was, yeah. in hindsight, I look back at that. Yeah. I think it was a 10-place grid penalty because yeah. you'd had yeah, that. Yeah, it was, it was. You had a tangle with De La Rosa. Yeah. De La Rosa, yeah. yeah. Imans. And, uh, I mean, that happens quite a lot now because of all the technical yeah. penalties that drivers get. It seems really harsh yeah. to stand you down. Yeah, it was, it was. You know, such a young guy he at was. the time as well. Yeah. How and did also, you take And it? also the second part of the season. I was pretty good. The car was was worse than the fir- first part of the season. We couldn't really score the same amount, the, even points anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I like to finish one race eight. It was uh, the best. I mean, it was pretty difficult, you know. But I was always more in front of uh, Heidfeld in the second part of the season. Why do you think he did that? What what message was he trying to give because, you? Because in the first part of the season, I, I had some great race, but I had some really bad race, like a mistaking from myself. And... Uh, and he 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 took the decision too early. He took the decision maybe in the middle of the season to get Francine, you know. So then, I mean, he took the decision anyway. So he he's done. So 2003, you went to Ferrari and you were the test driver alongside yeah. Rubens and and Michael. Yeah, actually, probably quite an important year for you because I, I, you did thousands of kilometers in testing and yeah. were you almost better off? doing that than another year at Sauber, do you think? I think so, yeah. I think it was the best. The best that it happens to... Actually, I was going to to go to Jordan. And every time I see Eddie Jordan, now I I, I thanks him so much and not putting me putting me on his team on that year, you know? So uh, how close did you get to Jordan in 2003? I, I, I did my seat there. So we had... A, we were trying to get a little sponsor from Petrobras, from the oil side on that uh, year for me to race in uh, in his team. And then he was calling me like every two days. Ah, oh, we are really happy to have you here. So he will work, he will see, you're gonna race, you're gonna race for us in Jordan. I said, okay, thank you. And then suddenly one day I open my computer, I go to the news, you know, the internet. And then I see like, Ralph Firman signed for Jordan. That was the first that was, <laughs> That's how I knew, you know? <laughs> You'd had the seat fit. You'd had everything. I was so disappointed. I said, oh, I can't believe. Because, I mean, you are young. I mean, I was 21 years old. And then yeah. I did my first year. And then going back, you, ne- you never know is, is the right thing, you know, to, to do. You don't know if having one chance to, to race in Formula 1 is quite difficult. Having two is, like, almost impossible, you know. Mm. So I knew that a uh, Ferrari test driver, it, it was a dif- different uh, times. I mean, you was testing every week, you know. So it was really important to be test driver on that moment, you know. But you always a little bit... But you wanted to race. I wanted to race, you yeah. know. Yeah. And then yeah, I saw that uh, not able to race with Jordan. He didn't tell, he didn't even give me a call, you know. Just out of interest. So Did now you... every time I see him, I joke, you know, <laughs> yes. I said, Eddie, Best thanks that... <laughs> so much not to putting me on, on your team. I'm so happy, man. You saved my, my, my career. You know, thanks to that, I arrived where I, where I supposed to, you know, uh, because the car was terrible on that year as well, you know. It wasn't a great year. Yeah. <laughs> and Eddie was more concentrated on the money than in the... Just out of interest, did you ring Eddie and say, Eddie, I've just read something on the internet or or did you... No, I didn't. Just... I did. I mean, he's done anyway, so... Yeah. I didn't. Well, well, but you, then, you ended up back at Sauber and I was going to ask, um, are there many similarities between Sauber and Williams? where you ended your career as teams, the, the spirit maybe, yeah, or I think the so. way they go about it. I think so. But I think maybe Sauber on that time was smaller than Williams, I think, because Williams was a top team, you know. 
So when I was racing for Sauber, Sauber was never a top thing. I think maybe if you go to Sauber after BMW, maybe could have been different. But Sauber was always like a small team. Uh, so I think maybe Williams feels more like a top team than, uh, than Sauber on that time that I was racing. How sad is it you know, for a man who, who raced at the team for four years? How sad is it to see Williams in their current predicament? Really sad because... And how surprising as well. Very surprising as well because um, I raced for Williams. So I arrived in the really, really bad situation for the team. So the team was like uh, third last you know, in the championship. But I mean... The teams that it was behind then, it was a very, very, very small team like uh, uh, Marussia and uh, the green one, uh, Caterham. Mm. So, so then we did a very good years, you know, with with Williams. So actually, two years third and two years fifth is okay. I mean, it was a good result at the end. So I think I had a lot of uh, uh, pleasure, you know, to be part of that team. We had a good result. You know, sometimes it was quite difficult, you know, to make the car competitive in the, especially in the aerodynamic side, I would say, especially in the, in the last years. But even the first year, the car was never good in the, on the on downforce point of view, you know, so it was always tricky. We had also the good difference in the engine, you know, in the first two years, which helps our result, definitely. But then you arrive on the last year, I even wanted to, I was able to do, because I was driving so well, you know, I was really, really, you know, driving well on my last year. I, I was... The, what I call the recall year. Yeah, you were still, yeah, yeah, the recall, yeah. The, 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 yeah. The, I was driving really, really well. And unfortunately, all of the race I supposed to be in the podium, I supposed to do like amazing result. I was unlucky. It was not because of me. It was just because something happens, you know, uh, in the Baku, in other race that I could have arrive like fourth, fifth, you know, and then something happened. I have a puncture, you know, you, always something happens, you know, in the good, in the good races. But I was really doing a great job. And then I was, I oh, mean, I'm competitive. I can do a good job. Why I don't stay for another year? I was, you know, even thinking about, you know, staying. And I, and I spoke to the team. I said, listen, I am okay to stay, but we need to, you need to let me know that you want me on your team. And they were like, uh, not uh, telling me, you know, so, and then, okay, arriving the race, it was in the Austin. I called them, I said, listen, I need to know until the race in, the, um, in Brazil, I need to know if you want me to stay or not. So if you don't want me to stay, you need to tell me before Brazil, because in Brazil, I will announce that I, that I, I will stop because I mean, I don't need the, I don't like this. I mean, or I, 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 I'm able to race in the team that wants me to race. You know, otherwise, I mean, uh, I don't want to stay, you know. And then uh, then he, they wait until Mexico. They didn't say anything in Mexico. And then I said, listen, in Mexico, after the race, I said, now you need to tell me. You have one week to tell me. So then we have a, a meeting by phone because I was uh, after Mexico. I went to Miami. Then I was going to Brazil. So we had a meeting by phone. Uh, what, Claire. Claire. And uh, Michael Driscoll, Michael Driscoll, and uh, Paddy. To and then we have a meeting, and they said, "Listen, we we are really in the difficult situation, the money point of view. 
we love you. We want really, we like you as a driver. You're doing a great year, but we cannot spend the money on, you know, on your salary. And, uh, we had, we, we need somebody to bring money to the team. I said, okay, thank you very much. So really it was a pleasure to be on your team, but I mean, they really did what I asked. I mean, at the end, you know, and then I decided in Brazil that, uh, I was going to stop. And to be honest, I was happy because I mean, everything was like professional, you know, it was, was correct. And I was even more happy when uh, I start the next season and I see where, where they were, you know, because it was a change of the rules. I always this change of the rules, you know, the idea that they were changing so many things in the aerodynamic side that then for sure I knew until the race in the Austin, I didn't know after what, what they did in the car. So, because then I, I knew, I mean, they were not uh, passing to me the information anymore. And, uh, I just knew until Austin, how was the car, you know? Mm. But then, I mean, I think it was the best uh, decision I had in my career. Well, they... And I, it's so sad to see where they are. To be honest, is uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, the the answer for that is that if you you have two directions, or to go for the best, in term, you know, at the end, who drives the car is the, is the, is the drivers, you know. So when you move away and you're just going for the driver that is bringing money, it can't work. I'm sorry, but this is the way it is. It, it, it cannot work. And uh, last year, I mean, having uh, Lance and um, the Russian guy, uh, Sirotkin, yeah. it was not, a, it, it was completely the wrong decision at the end, you know, even if the car was not good. I mean, even a decision, you know, that uh, mm. a driver, you know, to work in the, with the team and uh, it cannot work. I mean, everything that did, did that, you know, uh, suffer at the end, you know. So, so, so sure now, I mean, the, the car is, is even worse than the car last year, which I thought it would have been almost impossible, you know, but uh, the car is even worse than the car from last year. I mean, and I think they have a good drivers now. Uh, definitely, I mean, Robert, we always have, you know, you never know, you know, if he's driving the, I don't think he's driving the way he was driving before, but I mean, what he's doing is amazing to see, you know, or, to you know, see him in a Formula to see one him car. in the Formula yeah. One car, to see him in driving, sure. you know, yeah. with everything that he happens to, to him, he's just amazing what he's doing, you know, but saying that he's completely the same as what he was before. I don't believe, you know, it's mm. impossible to say that, but the other guy, I think is also quite good. George Russell. George yeah. Russell. Yeah. How did you find Paddy, uh, Paddy Lowe, um, technical director who has, I can't, I can't remember the exact term that Williams have used, uh, but he's no longer at the team. Um, did you find him, was he, was he a good person to work for? Did he come up with good ideas? Just To be honest... Uh, I, mean, I say that because you've worked with some of the greats, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, sure. Ross Braun and... When, when Williams signed Paddy, I was quite happy, you know, because I mean, what he did with McLaren, he was amazing. I mean, McLaren, they always managed to do a great job, you know, uh, in the technical side, in the aerodynamic side. He was really, I was always, I mean, this guy, I think the guy is really good, you know? And then he was in Mercedes. So you own the time that Mercedes, you know, after Ross Brown, the time that Mercedes was really going uh, to, to the right way by competing for the title, winning the title, you know? This guy is, is really the, the guy that we need here, you know? And then he signed, William signed to him. He arrived. I was, I was expecting a lot more, to be honest, a lot more. Unfortunately, I mean, just, uh, that, that's the way I saw it. He was a nice guy, you know, but I expect a lot more. And, uh, 
to be honest, I mean, I don't, don't need to say anything. I mean, everything that he happens for sure is also part of his decision, you know. Well, look, what you can tell us about is a guy who has won a couple of races already this year, Valtteri Bottas. He was your teammate. Um, how quick is he? Is Do you think he can beat Hamilton over a season? Because he's, he's gone well so far this year, isn't he? I think, you know, Valtteri, he's, uh, he's really, really quick. He's really a uh, good driver, good, very good Formula One driver. So he's consistent, he's quick. He's a very easy guy to work, you know, so he's a very fair guy as well. But I think it's not easy to race against Hamilton. The problem that he had in the past two years, he was just uh, inside his, his mind at the end, you know. So it's not because of his speed. It's not because of the, how he's him as a driver, you know. So he just, he just suffered mentally problem, which many, many drivers suffer, even myself, you know, in Formula One. Uh, so that that's the problem that he has. But I mean, this year, I think he's doing a great job. Do you think he's stepped even, up? Even in Barcelona, I mean, uh, he, he did amazing pole position, you know, uh, uh, unfortunately. Six uh, tenths. Amazing pole position. Point. That's what I said, you know, yeah. unfortunately, what's, hap what's happened on the start yeah. didn't help him, you know. I think it would be difficult, you know, to beat Lewis anyway. But I think he's a bit more prepared this year. So we need to see from, you know, from now on. Now they are, every race is uh, is the decision of the championship, you know, mm. now. Mm. And I think this is where, where you know, everything, he, he, needs, he needs to be really, really strong mentally, you know, in his, uh, in his mind. This is uh, the only thing that he needs. When I think of you and him together, I think of Austria 2014. Yeah. That Williams front row, you yeah, yeah. on pole position. Was that the high point for you, the, your time at uh, Williams? I think so, yeah. We had great races, even in Monza, two podiums, podium in Brazil. Just you you after quali in Austria that day. Ah, I just, it was I just so remember great. that, that great, look of yeah. satisfaction was, on your it, face. It was amazing. It was so great. I did amazing lap. Unfortunately, I mean, the race, it was, uh, we had the, the, the worst pit stop. Now Williams, now no, in the last maybe four years, Williams has one of the best pit stops, you know. We have the worst pit stop that took me away completely the chance by even fighting for the victory, I would say. Yeah? So, but anyway, uh, it was a great feeling. Well, listen, it's been wonderful to speak to you. I must ask whether... Are we going to see another Massa in Formula One? And do you think <laughs> Filipino? How's what did you say? He's nine years old now. He's nine, yeah. Is he expressing any interest in racing? Or to be honest, I mean, I am not the type of uh, daddy that uh, you will push him completely. You need to be a driver, you know, like many is doing at the end. Because I don't like that. I was pushing my dad, you know, uh, to to be a driver. And like every day, I want to drive. I want to drive. And uh, you, were you a real pain to your dad? Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> a real pain. And the problem is that I mean. Fortunately, I have more money than what, what my dad had, you know, in, in the past. So maybe Filipino, you know, if he wants to be a driver, he can have a little bit better, you know, on this way. Even if I will be really hard with him anyway, I will not give him any sets of tires like a man is doing, you know. <laughs> but anyway, he was not pushing me so hard until this year. So this year he started to push me, you know, uh, let's see. I just organized one go-kart for him to start to see if he likes or not. But uh, does he like? Has he? He likes. He has a good uh, mentality for to be a driver on the sport. Everything that is competition, he loves. 
And what is he calm? Everything that he's doing on the sport, he's doing good. Playing football, uh, going with the, these uh, little scooters, you know, uh, uh, everything that he's doing. He He's very good technique, balance for the sport. But he loves cars. The only thing is that I always when I was bringing him to drive go-karts, he was no lap time. And uh, I was driving maybe with him with a different go-kart. He was not the same, you know, as like competing, you know. So... Two months ago, he said, we were in Miami and he said, I want to drive. I want to do a, a testing. I said, real test or just in the indoor? No, 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 real test. I called my friend that his son is 10 years old and he's racing like all the championships in, in Miami. And we organized one go-kart for him. And the go-kart has also the lap time, you know, in the steering wheel, like, uh, you know, the automatic. He was crazy. He was so happy. And then after that, he started to push me. I want to drive. I want to drive. I want to drive. So... We see now. <laughs> how how do you find it seeing your son racing? Are you are you a calm father? Mm, I or? am afraid. You're calm, fr- yeah. I think calm, yes, because I mean, but I am afraid that I mean, uh, accident can, which is 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 not what we feel for ourselves. You know, when you are driving, when you're racing, you don't really afraid of these type of things. You know, but when is your son driving? I am afraid. Yeah. Are you also afraid of pressure and? You know, what are the chances of him achieving anything like what his father achieved? It's their big footsteps. I think, you know, if you really want definitely I mean if you if I see that he doesn't have really the, the proper talent, I will not push him because I'm I I'm sure it will be impossible for him to arrive, you know. But I think if you see that, I mean everything that he's showing is like he's in the he's in the good line, you know, then for sure I was I will I will help him in the in the right way. He has two things. One is that maybe more possibilities to have more sponsors, to have more, because the media will speak about him. They, ha- they have more possibilities, you know, fortunately, because, I mean, he's a famous name at the end, you know. But more pressure, a lot more pressure, you know. So if my, if my son, the son of many important drivers and everything, if they are not good, then is, uh, they, the only o- obligation they have is to win. You know, they have a lot, they need to win because I mean, the pressure, you know, from what your dad did, you know, is, uh, is always inside. So it's more difficult, you know, in this way. And what does Rafaela say? Your wife, what is she? She's a lot more uh, oh, stressful. No. Oh, not no, again. Have no, I got... <laughs> no, I'm not ready to, 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 you know, to have that in my, you know, to, to feel that, you know? So. Yeah. Now, and what about you, Felipe? Just what are your ambitions outside of racing? I mean, you're still a young man. Yeah. You're, you're, not, you're still the right side of 40, for goodness sake. Um, you're already the karting president of CIK, yeah. FIA karting president. Um, are we going to see you get more involved in the governing body? Or what? Do you, what? Do you, how? where do you see yourself in 10 no, years? No, go, governing body, no. I mean, uh, I think I, I even, I mean, when, when Jean Todd, calls me to say, I want to put you inside the FIA. It's okay for you if I found, as a, if I put you as a president of the uh, FIA in Brazil, like CBA. I said, no, forget it. What? Why? Forget Why? it. No, no, no. Because I mean, I don't like to be honest. <laughs> too, too much work. I don't like politics. It's <laughs> oh, not the like way I am. Yeah. You know, I don't like politics. And, uh, and to be honest, I, I, and I even answered to him, I said, I want to be part in something that I understand something, you know, I don't understand so much politics and it's not the way, what I like, you know, but I need to do something that maybe I understand. 
And I said, maybe the only thing that I understand is something related to racing. I said, maybe go-kart is something that I understand and I am sure it's so many things to improve. Uh, he said, go-kart, okay. It's okay if I put you as a president? I said, I need to think about, wait. And then I thought, I said, okay, I think my decision is that I started in the, in the go-kart. I, I mean, I had a lot more than what I expected in my career. So, and I think it's important to give something back, you know? So for sure, I mean, the president of uh, karting FIA, we have zero salary. We don't take any money and there is nothing to do with the, like in the business point of view, you know, it's just something that I'm giving something back, you know, especially for the school, especially for the kids, especially for improving, you know, the something that it can be important, you know? So, uh, and also uh, the, the president of uh, CIK, which is the karting, um, also participate of the World Council, you know? And I think the World Council is interesting to be there because they speak about so many things that I understand. They speak about Formula One rules. They speak about WAC rules. They speak about karting rules. They speak about uh, Formula E rules. Uh, maybe rally, I don't know so much, but it's part of my what I'm doing anyway, you know, the like motorsport, like racing, which sometimes I can, I can, I can give some uh, ideas or I can say something that it can help, you know, in the, all the, these important decisions, you know. So that, that's why I accept because maybe I can, can give something back, you know? Absolutely, sure you can. Yeah. But is there anything outside of racing? Yes, from I mean... From a business uh, point of yes, view? Yes, for or? sure. I mean, definitely. I mean, I, taking care of my money. So in so many different areas, like in the investment, for sure I don't do, I don't do everything. But I have like uh, people, uh, good people that is doing also actually a good job. But I mean, I, I participate because... And you enjoy that? It's important. It's my money. You know, that, mm -hmm. that's my life. I mean, but, you know, it, the, on the sporting point of view, it's like you have, uh, you, you, you make your money in the short time. So, and this money is the money that you, you, you will live after that, you know? Mm -hmm. So maybe soon I'm not driving anymore. Maybe soon I'm not able to drive anymore, you know? And uh, this is what I have. This is my uh, patrimony, you know, that you need to... Uh, to so I take care of everything so I understand every month what's going on you know and um, I also invest maybe some uh, some not many but I mean I have a few companies that I invest you know one um, uh, cold pressed juice in Brazil that uh, we the, the company is, is going is, is at the beginning but it's growing and it's doing well I would say Mm -hmm. uh, so, and it has a good future in front. So I have some, some things that I'm doing that I think is important. I mean, you cannot really stay home and not doing anything, you know? So I'm ready, ready to keep thinking about my stuff, my investments and, uh, having fun, which is what I'm doing with Formula E. <laughs> of course. And do you, last question is, do you, do you have, um, a, a, like a museum or... Yeah. With all your old stuff, the reason I was thinking that is Alonso has a museum, yeah. doesn't he? With Private, all his old I mean, cars, just at home, yeah. you know. Yeah. Do you keep every what every? Have you got every car? I no, no. I have um, Formula Chevrolet. I raced. So that was the, what the first so that, car uh, you had uh, in Brazil. Ninety-nine. I raced in Brazil. Yeah. I have my Formula Renault. I raced here two thousand. I have my Formula three thousand. I raced two thousand one. I have one Sauber two thousand five. Did you have to get that put in your contract? Or did, no. Did Peter make no, you buy Peter it? gave me. Oh, he gave car, it to yeah. you? Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I, would l I don't have a Ferrari. I have, but it's like the, the, uh, 
not the, the the car I race is the like the show car, you know, 2008. Unfortunately, I don't have. So it was a bit difficult to negotiate with Ferrari. Uh, unfortunately, because I think you know it would have been nice to have. Uh, and uh, I have the Williams. Of 2016, when uh, the first time I decided to, to retire, actually. They didn't give you the one in 17 as well. <laughs> <laughs> so I have uh, uh, Williams and uh, yeah, I think it's a, and everything. I mean, all the 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 trophies for go-karts for all my career. Race and is that suits. all back in Brazil? All back in, in Brazil. A sort of big garage over there. Yeah. How fantastic. Well, Felipe, wow, what a... Tremendous chat. Thank you for your time. You're looking amazingly well. I love your apartment. Um, I'm wondering if I could sort of sleep on the floor over there. <laughs> Look, great stuff and good no, luck thank with everything. You. Thanks for your time. Thank you. There was brutal honesty from Felipe all the way through this episode. And the way he described the aftermath of Brazil 2008 left me in awe, as it did at the time when I witnessed his magnanimity trackside at Interlagos. And how different things could have been in 2007 had it not been for some unreliability that gave Kimi Raikkonen Ferrari's backing in the closing stages of the season. Had the cards fallen differently, only a little differently, Felipe Massa could be a double world champion. How about that? As it is, he's someone who'll be remembered for being a bloody quick racing driver who won many F1 races and was well-liked in the F1 paddock and among race fans across the world. Thanks for your time, Felipe. It was great to chat. Well, that's it for this week, but we'll be back very soon with another superstar from the world of F1. And while you wait for next week's episode, why not subscribe to Beyond the Grid if you haven't already? We're on all of your favorite podcast apps, including Apple and Spotify. And while you're about it, why not rate us as well? And thank you as ever for your messages. It seems as if last week's show with John Alacy brought back a lot of memories for people and Ian Paul Robinson in particular, who said... I've loved all of the podcasts so far, but the one with my 90s F1 hero was the best. Looking forward to next week. How can this be topped? Well, thanks for your note, Ian. And I hope you like that chat with Felipe Massa as well. Please keep your feedback coming. We love it. Remember to use the hashtag F1 Beyond the Grid and you can tweet me at Tom Clarkson F1. Beyond the Grid is produced by F1 in association with Audio Boom. Until next time, keep it flat out.